This is the Practical Teaching Tips Podcast. I am your host, Richard James Rogers, high school science and chemistry teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management. Hello everybody and welcome to the Practical Teaching Tips podcast. Now you may have been gripped by the somewhat unusual title of today's episode, The Lazy Mindset Some Teachers Don't Even Try. Essentially what I'm um, going to explore today is the way in which negativity can spread like a contagion within the uh, staff room and between teachers and can cause, in some instances, a, um, a lack of effort on the part of some teachers. Now, please bear in mind, I'm by no means generalizing that this happens with a huge number of teachers, but as teachers, we have to guard against this, um, this pervasive spreading of negativity that can happen. And to illustrate my points today, I'm going to start with a story that's come from my um, teaching career. So it was a typical morning tea break in the school staff room, and there were typical morning grumbles and typical morning camaraderie. One colleague piped in and said, it's like talking to a brick wall with John. Yeah, he's pretty distant, isn't he? Said another colleague of mine. He just doesn't try. I doubt he'll even get a grade D in GCSE maths, says the colleague who started the conversation. And then, me being the naive, somewhat stupid kid in the room as a young teacher, I make the biggest cardinal sin a teacher can make in moaning contests like this. It was the ultimate point of flippancy for a 23-year-old like me. And what did I say that caused such controversy? He's great in my lessons, I said so arrogantly. <laughs> How many times have, have we been in this situation? The conversation went quiet, of course. Now, back then, when I was a newly qualified teacher all those years ago, I wasn't as polished in my speech as I am now. For some reason, my colleagues still put up with me, though, And I think most of them liked me. Perhaps I was given the benefit of the doubt because I was essentially a kid myself as a 23-year-old newly qualified teacher. But the truth, however, was that that student was actually great in my lessons. So I wasn't lying. The student was behaving really well in my lessons. But the question is, why? Why was that student behaving well for me, but wasn't behaving so well for many of the other teachers in the school. So I'll leave that question sit for a moment and then I'll describe another situation. There was a time when something I said went down like a lead balloon at a departmental meeting. A challenging year 10 class who were completing science coursework were given to me to cover for a lesson because their their teacher was absent that day. And this was a class I wasn't used to teaching. Now, this story I'm describing now, I write about in my first book, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management. And it's a classic example 
of how teacher organization and rapport building can generate dramatically different results to the status quo when applied consistently. So what happened? What, what exactly is the story? Well, basically, when I was given this year 10 class to cover, this class I wasn't used to teaching, and th this was a class that were famous for being disruptive, by the way. Well, what I did was I booked the computer lab and I just set the kids on their task to do their coursework and I simply walked around the class and helped the students with their work. And I also took all of the loose bits of paper that were loosely organised in a blue tray. Now, that was their coursework tray and it was a total mess, by the way. So it was, it was a tray, basically, that the teacher had um, used to put the students' pieces of coursework in there. And it was disorganized. There were just bits of paper in any random order. And what I thought was, this, this isn't good enough. So I put all of that coursework, all of those loose bits of paper in separate plastic wallets with each student's name on. Now, this was a simple tactic. Um, and, and I did that before the lesson started, by the way. But it was a simple tactic and it worked really well. It meant that the students didn't have to fish through papers at the start of each lesson and complain that bits were missing. And of course, what happens in that situation? Well, that adds to disruption. You know, if you're a student and you can't find your coursework, uh, well, that's going to cause problems in the classroom, isn't it? It's pretty obvious. So what happened was when we had a departmental meeting that week, I mentioned this story, I mentioned what happened and I said, you know, I, I took their coursework and I, I reorganized it. And my head of department was, was pretty pleased with what I had done. And to be honest, he was the person I was trying to impress anyway in my, my, youth, my youthful enthusiasm. But the teachers of that year 10 class were not very happy with my ruthless expose. Now, what did I actually say that caused such angst? Well, I said words to the effect of, if I was a kid in that class and I had to search through a pile of mixed up papers to find my coursework, then I'd be disruptive too. <laughs> so I was pretty direct. Um, I'm not sure if I would use such language these days, at a departmental meeting, but back when I was 23 years old, I wasn't quite as polished and as um, as careful as I am now. Um, and the reason I say that is because our colleagues are our allies, they're not our enemies, so we do have to be careful with how we talk, especially at departmental meetings. We have to use tact, we have to be subtle. Nowadays, I would probably talk directly with the with the actual teachers of that class and just explain what I'd done. And I probably wouldn't raise it in a departmental meeting. But what's the point I'm trying to make? Well, simply this. A teacher's behavior can have a profound, long-lasting effect on student behavior. I'll say that again because it's a key sentence. A teacher's behavior can have a profound, long-lasting effect on student behavior. Now, Robert Greene, in his best-selling book, The 48 Laws of Power, one of my favorites, describes something called the mirror effect. And basically, it's a way of showing someone their faults and failures by mirroring their actions. For teachers, 
The mirror effect works best by modeling the passion and determination we want to see in our students. So when we are passionate, our students become passionate. When we are relaxed, our students are relaxed. Now, of course, be, be careful about how far you take relaxation. However, um, a relaxed demeanor is good, but a relaxed attitude to our professional role, that's not good, obviously. Uh, when we strive for excellence ourselves, our students also strive for excellence. When we praise and encourage our students with passion and real emotion and sincerity, we inspire our students to work harder and perform better. One of my proudest moments as a teacher when I, uh, was when I was giving a very shy young girl from Iceland. This is a story I mention many times. Um, year 11 chemistry lessons. And, and she started in year 11 studying IGCSE chemistry. And she had two main challenges to overcome. The first one is she'd never learnt any chemistry before and was due to take an IGCSE exam in six months time. So she'd never learnt chemistry and she was going to take an advanced chemistry exam in six months time. So big challenge. And the second challenge she had was that English was not her first language. And I was teaching her through the medium of English. So uh, what happened? Well, after my first lesson with her had finished, she told me straight, Mr. Rogers, I didn't understand anything. <laughs> you taught me this lesson. And that's when I knew that this situation was very serious. Because I'd, I'd basically taught a lesson covering fundamental chemistry and she didn't understand any of that well she did her first test and she got a grade u which for those who don't know is the lowest grade you can get she was absolutely devastated uh, she said to me words to the effect of i'm just going to fail aren't i and i said to her something along the lines of um no way we won't let this happen your target for your next test is a grade e Come and see me on Monday lunchtime so I can teach you the fundamentals. I believe in you. Now, it saddens me to say this, but it's true. I received a massive public backlash um, about two and a half years ago when I suggested that one way we can help exam level classes is by giving up a few minutes at lunchtimes to tutor weak students on the run up to their final exams. And I, I stand by that. I don't apologize for that. And one very vindictive person went so far as to write a damning review of my book, which I assume he hadn't even read, on Amazon. So I'm going to read to you the, re the review. This was published on the 16th of September 2018 in the UK. This is a review from D JFKFC. And he says, lunch is for losers. And... Uh, it's, it's quite illegible, some of this review, but it says, I'm slightly at a loss why someone able to write a book on classroom management would rely on lunchtime sessions to secure results and lambast those trying to avoid this statistically insignificant and time-consuming activity. A career in international schools has, perhaps, rather coloured the author's appreciation and there is little those in the UK system particularly would gain from this. Well, thank you very much for that um, illogical, emotional and irrational 
review of my book, a one-star review. Um, that's absolutely fine, by the way. You know, people are welcome to review my books however they wish, but at least read my book before you actually try to um, discredit me. Um, and I'm not suggesting for one minute that um, top-up sessions are the only way to help students who are falling behind. But in the case of this student, who had zero prior knowledge of chemistry, it was an essential intervention move, I'm sorry. Now, that student I'm talking about went on to achieve a grade A star in IGCSE chemistry six months later, beating almost everyone else in year 11. And why did that happen? It happened because the student worked really hard. That's the main reason, by the way. But it also happened because the student wanted to work hard because I kept on pushing her, telling her that I believed in her and I meant it sincerely. And because I gave believable and achievable targets for each test. So in sequence, she scored a grade U, then an E, then an E, then a D, then a B, then an A in her tests, and then finally an A star in her final. And that was over a six-month period. So this is a living testament of the efficacy of my core philosophy. And what is my core philosophy? But it, Well, it's this. This is my core philosophy now as a teacher. I believe that any student's success can be engineered by a great teacher. And I stand by that because I've seen this principle in action so many times. Now, you'll find that statement um, in my work, in my, in my books for teachers, at my blog for teachers, richardjamesrogers.com, by the way. And that's guided me for more than 16 years. And it works because I've seen it work. But how do we implement this philosophy? This philosophy of... I believe that any student's success can be engineered by a great teacher. Well, I recommend to use the four-step TIPS method. That's T-I-P-S, T-I-P-S. What does that mean? T means track progress, track progress. Look for patterns in grades. Keep a spreadsheet of scores. I stands for intervene when grades slip. Have a short conversation with the student in which you use P, which is professional intelligence. P is professional intelligence. Gather and use knowledge about the student's past achievements, achievements in other subject areas and skills used outside of school to praise the student and remind him or her of the ability that he or she naturally possesses. Talk with other teachers to gather this intelligence if needs be and couple this with S and S stands for subtle reinforcement. Be on the ball and remind your student regularly what his or her target is. Introduce new resources and offer your time to help. Remind the student about a test that's coming up and how you believe in their ability to get a good score. Praise small steps of progress along the way or any positive work in your subject area. Now, I'm going to link to two blog posts in this episode description. Um, all about subtle reinforcement. There's a blog post I've written on that and a blog post on professional intelligence gathering. So check that out. But just to remind you, those four steps are tips, T-I-P-S, track, intervene, 
professional intelligence, subtle reinforcement. Take a look at that. There's a blog post as well that accompanies today's episode. The same title, The Lazy Mindset, Some Teachers Don't Even Try. And that blog uh, that blog post is available at richardjamesrogers.com. That's richardjamesrogers.com. That's my name.com, basically. So thank you very much if you've gotten to the end of today's episode. A little bit quicker uh, or a, a shorter episode than normal. Uh, the reason is, um, and I'm not ashamed to say this, I've actually ordered some food that's uh, coming to my place. So I have to be quick so I can go down and pick up that food. Um, but I've, I've gone through all the concepts I wanted to go through today, and I really hope it's been useful. In addition to this, please do check out my books for teachers, The Quick Guide to Classroom Management, 45 Secrets That All High School Teachers Need to Know, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Abe Books, Book Depository, and all good retailers. It's an award-winning book. It's won the Reader's Favourite Bronze Medal for Nonfiction. It's um, been rated by UK EdChat as 9.5 out of 10. And it's only $10.99, $10.99. And that good price point, and it's the high quality of the book, has made it required reading for a number of professional development courses now. So check that out, everybody. And again, check out my blog for teachers at richardjamesrogers.com. And you can also find me on Subscribestar, where I intend to do some weekly Zoom meetings with teachers on there. So check out that. The link to my Subscribestar, Subscribestar sorry, is in this episode description. And the price is only $5 a month for you to join those Zoom meetings because I believe in sharing good um, knowledge with teachers, good practice at a price that is reasonable. So please do check that out. Thank you very much, everybody. And until next time, stay safe, teach well, and take care. Bye-bye.